the Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs, like the Telluride, Sportage, and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Welcome to the Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Motino, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I hope everything is okay on your side. Today, I have a special guest. It's Gemma Fuerte. Hi, Gemma. How are you? Hi, Katia. Good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. good. So Gemma works in Mission Bio, a single cell tech company that uh, is mainly focused on single cell DNA technology. Mm -hmm. And I know Gemma already for three years, I think three, four years, when yes. she went to Dr. Holger Hain lab to, to tell us how the tapestry machine was working. So thank you for coming to the podcast. Would you like to introduce a little bit more about yourself? Give us a little bit more details. Yeah, sure. Thanks uh, for inviting me. Very happy to be here. So currently I am working as the field application scientist manager at Mission Bio for, for EMEA. And I have been working in the support field for around eight years now. So I'm originally from Spain. Uh, my background is cancer research. So I did my studies back in Salamanca, focused on breast cancer. And then I moved to, to the UK when I started working at Affymetrics. And, and then we were doing a, a more uh, arrays, um, postnatal, prenatal, postnatal analysis, and also some mm -hmm. oncology analysis. And then I jumped onto the, the single cell world. So mm -hmm. um, currently, I have been with Mission Bio for four years now. Um, started sort of the support team in Europe. So I travel around the world, you know, to teach mm -hmm. this single cell, <laughs> single cell mm -hmm. technology at different labs and, and different countries. And what about Mission Bio? When did it start the company? Did it start? Because some companies normally they start like something that was developed in a lab, a protocol, mm -hmm. and they pick yeah. up that and they start developing their own projects. It was the same. Yeah. It was not. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is exactly what happened. So obviously it was uh, it started in the US. So in a little incubator. In 2014 to 2016, it's a spin-off from University of San Francisco. And then in 2017, they closed the first Series A with 10 million investment. And then they started uh, the expansion. They launched their first single-cell AML assay and then continued with the expansion in the U.S. In around 2018. And by the time I joined in 2019, they had already started the expansion in Europe. So there was a couple mm -hmm. of uh, uh, customers already here, but it was in very early, very early days. So, you know, I was, I was glad I could take part on that, you know, expansion yeah. because now from, yeah, from these two labs, now we have over 60 different places, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, in, in Europe that are using this technology. Yeah. And it's really good because if you start like in the beginning of the company, you know, everything is like, you get and a I lot love of it. experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is what's happened 
to me with single cell helps the fact that I start in the beginning. So I totally. I saw all the evolution and of course our knowledge gets bigger and bigger, no? Mm-hmm. It's different if you are starting now. Single cell is like, uh, what is this? So yeah. So for some people it's a bit scary sometimes yes. that they jump onto the single cell for the first time. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yes, yes. It's like yeah, it's a lot of information and you know it's a lot of things. <laughs> and what about the goals of mission bio? Because in the beginning it was more single cell DNA. That was the goal. No, you guys start with that. And mm-hmm. right now is the same goal. Do you have different goals? Yeah. Uh, the mission is to, to help researchers and clinicians unlock the single cell biology, um, you know, to enable precision medicine. So that is the goal. Obviously, we started uh, very small with the first AML assay. So our technology is single cell targeted DNA. And multiomics. I will get into into that later. But um, yeah. oh, you know, back in the days, we started this small with a small targeted panel for clonal heterogeneity. That is our you know area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Being able to determine somatic mutations and the co-occurrence of these mutations based on this genotype. But obviously, as every technology, we have evolved now, yeah. and we have many different applications. So we do multiomics, and we do the immunophenotyping together with the genotype. We have an assay. I mean, our customers from the CRG in Barcelona developed an assay for single cell methylation. Some people have used this for HIV detection reservoirs. So as you can see, yes, we have started on the DNA field, but we are expanding because the magic of these technologies is you put it at the disposal of people that know what to do with it. So we are the technology providers, but then there are Mm -hmm. very clever people out there that will take the machine and just develop new things. Yeah, yeah. no, that is really good. And that says something about the company and the technology, right? And what are the kits that you have right now? There is the key to see target DNA, like single cell DNA uh-huh. target approach. Do you have others? Yeah. So our offering in terms of kits is quite flexible, but we have like two core parts. So we have the DNA core part. So everything you need from single cells in suspension to sequencing ready libraries. Mm-hmm. And we also have the DNA plus protein, so the multiomics core part, mm-hmm. that then also includes the labeling of those cells uh, with these antibodies. So that is in terms of kits. Now, we have great flexibility in terms of the content because it is, you know, we can do custom panels, right? So that's why we could do a panel for a CRISPR-Cas experiment with 20 amplicons all the way to 1,000 amplicons for an unbiased karyotyping approach. Mm-hmm. So that's why in terms of kits, we divide between DNA and DNA plus protein, but then the possibilities are endless, really, because then you do a custom panel and it could be used for, as as we said before, for different applications. Mm -hmm. So let's say that I want to do the basic, a single cell DNA experiment. What should I do to start? Contact you, uh, your mission bio. So the Mm -hmm. contact should be through website. How can I do it? Yes, you can contact us through the website. There is an option to talk to a support specialist if you have a specific questions. We are also very active on LinkedIn and Twitter, um, and we go to different conferences. So if somebody is interested in doing a single cell experiment, I'm pretty sure they can find us. And we are still a very small company. So even if you reach one of our colleagues, you know, at some point, the information yeah. will be channeled through the support specialist. It's true. I always had very, very good experience, <laughs> especially with you, <laughs> but also when I was in Australia. And yeah, the support is amazing. It's true. And so let's see the sample types. Yes. Do you do you have a specific sample types or can I use liquid samples? That is the best, I think, for everything that uh, in, involves single cell. And uh, mm-hmm. so liquid samples like blood. But can I do also solid samples like um, a piece of tumor, for example? You can yes. use both. The Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs. 
like the Telluride Sportage and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Definitely. So here is where we spend majority of the time qualifying our, our prospects and customers' applications because, again, the technology is robust, but you know how important sample prep is. Yeah. So, um, yes. So for DNA only... We are the most robust technology out there just because the nature of the DNA that does not degrade over time. No? So that yeah. allows us to work with a cell suspension, which can definitely come from blood or bone marrow or cell lines, obviously, and also solid tissue from which you could extract the nuclei. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what sort of sample you want to work with if you can get a monodispersed cell or nuclei suspension. Okay, so individualized cells in suspension is what you need. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what about viability? Because for RNA, of course, we need a very high viability. Well, in theory, 90%, but if it's 70%, it will be okay. We will also do it. (laughs) Because there are times that you cannot get 90%. Well, most of the times. With Mission Bio technology, do you also need 90%? Yeah, so that's a very good question. So we say it is recommended to have high viability, but the truth is it could be no viable. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's okay, a huge yeah. advantage of DNA mm-hmm. over RNA, because, you yes. know, we have publications now out there that people mm-hmm. have found uh, ancestral clones 20 years before they developed into a more aggressive disease. And that is because they could work with archived samples that were cryopreserved 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we know that the methods to cryopreserve samples back in the days was not as optimized as now. So mm-hmm. if you are doing the DNA only workflow, and you have a monodispersed suspension, it doesn't matter if the viability is low. Obviously, lower viability implies more debris that might imply, you know, yeah. cartridge cloggage. But in terms of the membrane, even if the mem- cell membrane is compromised, the nuclei is likely to remain intact. Yeah. Now, different story is when you do um, nuclei isolation that then you might overdigest the nuclei mm-hmm. and then the DNA, then that is too yes. damaged. Yeah. But in general, um, you know, that is a great advantage over RNA technologies, obviously, because, you know, we could work with non-viable cells. Yes, 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 it's true. And then you said something that is really important, the nuclear digestion, like the isolation of the nucleus. You have yeah. like a checkpoint after, I imagine I start with my sample, do the nuclei isolation. And do you have a checkpoint for me to check? if it was good or not, or I can just see it at the end. No. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. here we have a checkpoint. Well, first, we provide a a universal nuclear isolation protocol, although we know that optimization is needed because the hardness of the tissue and the cellularity of the tissue, you know, each tissue and each patient and each biopsy is different. So first, we advise optimization on the digestion times. And then also we have on our protocol uh, different ways to check whether the digestion was good. So one of them is fluorescence microscopy. So you can dye the cytoplasm, the nucleus with DAPI, and then the membrane to see if you're actually getting rid of the membrane, but the nucleus is still intact. And we actually have pictures of over-digested samples where you could see the DNA leaking away Mm -hmm. from the nucleus. 
And I think if you get to that point, you know, that is a suboptimal nuclei suspension and you have to repeat it. We also provide bright field for those that don't have fluorescence microscopy pictures of the bright field to mm-hmm. assess the nuclei. But, you know, my personal opinion is that DAPI is much better. And, yeah. you know, DAPI plus countess is uh, much visual let's mm-hmm. say, right, um, way to check the, the digestion is correct. And yes, yes, to your point, it's better to have that than having to do the whole workflow and then you sequence and then you don't have any, any sense. Yes. yes, no, no, I agree. Yeah. Using a fluorescent marker, it's always better. And the other thing is we, we can use fresh samples, cryopreserve, and then can we use animal samples? Yes. And uh, cells from plants? It's possible. Yeah, so uh, it is possible in principle, and we get more and more requests about this, but the optimization of the whole panel design, Mm -hmm. bioinformatics, enzymes to digest the wall of these cells and so on is all unknown for us. So we are a platform that could deal with these sort of samples. We actually have customers working with protoplasts from plants, and also they they work with other species, not only human, mouse, and rat, but uh, Mm -hmm. macaques, for instance, for HIV, SIV in this case, reservoir detection. But um, it's not that straightforward because obviously... Uh, the design and the bioinformatic analysis is something that we currently do not support because we don't have the resources. But um, people that have their own knowledge, even yeast, mm-hmm. um, that they're interested in you know, microbiology, you could do. Again, it is a monodispersed yes. suspension. It's just that we don't have an optimized solution for, for, mm-hmm. these, for these type of samples. Yeah, this that you are saying is important to <laughs> highlight because <laughs> some people ask me, ah, why they don't have for my specific tissue, like a certain company, they don't have a specific protocol for sample preparation. And I always mm-hmm. say, so it's normal that as a company, they have developed uh, the most common type of samples. They cannot start going to detail. If yeah. they do this, they will never uh, end because it's impossible. So yeah. what is really important is for the company gives support. And I think Mission Bio gives all the support that people need if they have a different type of samples, a different type mm-hmm. of tissue. And and this is also why it's important, this kind of podcast, this kind of mm-hmm. projects, because only sharing this information, for example, if I'm working with plants and I share my information, how I did it, maybe I will help someone else. So yeah, definitely, because companies cannot really uh, do it. So. And this is key. What you're saying is key, right? Because from yeah. the support perspective of a support specialist working for this company, I mm-hmm. cannot tell you, yes, this is going to work because I don't know, no. but perhaps yeah. somebody like you have the contact of somebody somebody that made it work. And this is key because, you know, we are in different situations. I don't run samples myself. So mm-hmm. I get all the feedback from my customers. So I am super lucky that, you know, our customer base is super open and they are, you know, they share information to each other, like things like dead cell depletion or things that you would use upstream mm-hmm. of, a, of an assay that we don't necessarily have the information for. So, yeah. you know, that's that's super good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like putting together all the efforts. It will be good for everyone. So I think, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I have my amazing cells in suspension, <laughs> individualized. So what way do I do with them? Do I load it in a cartridge that uh, will go after in the machine that is called the tapestry, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So the workflow is a microfluidics workflow. So okay. it has a unique component and, and, I'll, and I'll explain explain why, because you mm-hmm. need to, you go through two steps. So our assay is two-step um, mm-hmm. assay. So yes, you have your beautiful cell suspension. You will put it on a microfluidics cartridge and then the cells get encapsulated in 40 micron droplet with a protease. 
This is new. So for those that are used to work with other single cell technologies, they are probably RNA based. We are the ones, the only commercial platform out there that provides this DNA um, based. So why do we use the protease? We need to digest the membrane and also the histones because the DNA is all wrapped up. So we need to release the genomic DNA. And that means that we have to digest the histones and then inactivate the protease at 80 degrees to be able to then do the amplification uh, afterwards. And yes, it's a protocol, it's a day and a half protocol. The cartridge goes into a machine that generates like nano PCR reactors. So inside each droplet, you end up with your genomic DNA, your primers, your enzyme, the buffer, and then perform multiplex PCR um, downstream. And then the second day is a standard library preparation as if you were doing a bulk experiment because now each DNA strand is molecularly barcoded. So. Mm-hmm. so it's a PCR that is happening in inside a droplet. Inside like, a droplet, in yeah. So, yeah. And so one of the problems in single-cell RNA technology with droplet-based methods is the size of the cells. So when mm-hmm. you have big cells, it's like very difficult to encapsulate. In your case, there is not that problem because we are extracting the nuclei, right? Well, this is the solution mm-hmm. that we will provide. So we do encapsulate whole cells as well, right? Because oh. I, I would I would argue there is no need to extract the nuclei unless you are working with frozen tissue. Okay. If they so are in suspension. Only... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Encapsulate cells. Okay. Correct. Encapsulate cells, but then from the frozen tissue, it's very difficult to get the membrane. Yeah. So you probably mm-hmm. go down the nuclei. Route. But what you said is, is important because it also affects us. So if you want to work with cells that are over 40 micron, then we will advise you to extract the nuclei because obviously that is also the size of our droplet. So so there is a, a very characteristic examples because obviously we have a ton of experience in leukemia. Hodgkin's lymphoma, for instance, the cells of interest are yes. red Stenberg cells and they have two nucleus and mm-hmm. they are very large. Yeah. So if you wanted to encapsulate these cells, if they are over 45 micron, the solution would be to extract them, even though they are in suspension, to extract the nucleus so you can encapsulate them individually. Okay. And then here you say that one cell can have two nuclei. How do yes. you do afterwards? Like, how do you know that these two nuclei belong to the same cell? Do you know? So that is something that, again, as we were saying before, learning mm-hmm. by doing. A customer of mine that is very expert in, in this sort of lymphoma told me that the nuclei tend to stick together. That was my argument as well. Like, hey, I lose the cell identity if now I separate yes. all the nuclei. How I know, you know, how do I know <laughs> what cell is coming from? Apparently, and you, again, back to the other uh, point, you could assess with DAPI, mm-hmm. no, the, the nuclei yes, suspension yes, the nuclei. quality. Yeah. Then the, if the two nuclei stick together, then you you would encapsulate that. Um, okay. And how many cells do you need to start the experiment? Yeah. So ideally, we need 100,000 cells mm-hmm. because our capture rate is 5 to 10%. Um, so from 100,000, you will get 5 to 10,000 cells. Um, mm-hmm. One of the reasons why the capture is uh, 5 to 10% is the fact that we do these two encapsulations. So we have to go through these two steps, the first encapsulation and then putting the cells into a PCR machine to inactivate mm-hmm. the protease and bringing those cells back to the cartridge. So to manipulate the sample more than a regular one-step encapsulation workflow. Yes. So then the output would be five to 10,000 from 100,000. Now, mm-hmm. I said, I, because we know <laughs> that uh, it's often the case that people cannot get to 100,000 cells or 100,000 nuclei. So yes. we have also validated the low input. So that is down to 20,000 cells mm-hmm. from which you get five to 10% also. So we validated that the ratio stays even if you encapsulate less. Or you could also be creative and perhaps do an spiking to your sample, right? So you have your sample of interest and then bring up the total number of cells a little bit with like other, other cells. Mm-hmm. And can you do hashing 
So ashing uh, is like tag or cells, uh, cells from sample A, cells from sample B with two different tags, right? Put together mm -hmm. and then in the machine. Can we do that when we are working with cells? Yeah. So in principle, yes, of course. I mean, our multiomics approach implies exactly that, a staining of cells with antibodies. And then one could use, I mean, they're not yet commercially available human tags for the samples, mm -hmm. but in principle, if you do multiomics, it will work, no, yeah. for hashing. Yes. And then back to what you can officially support or not. I know that people will will do it, no? And something that I want to uh, also talk about is that is mm -hmm. the traditional hashing with antibodies. Yes, right? yes, yes. So we have a, another, another, if you are creative, you could use the information of the germline mutations yes. of your samples to do a sort of hashing mm -hmm. based on genotype, which doesn't imply antibody markers mm -hmm. and allows you to work with less cells because... If you do the antibody staining, then you need half a million at least. Yes, yes, yes. You, you, will to, lose. Need, you will lose when you, you are staining, washing, centrifuging, yes. Exactly. But then if you say, okay, if I have two individuals that are not related to each other, mm -hmm. they would have a ton of polymorphic regions that will differentiate them. And we are experts in the co-occurrence of mutations. So you mm -hmm. could... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, in principle, separate or differentiate two different individuals based on the genotype. So that's something that I don't think RNA you know, will allow. So that's why people are getting more and more creative. We were doing in Australia that approach for RNA. So we had, let's say, two samples, two different mm -hmm. individuals. They always do have different genetic background. Independently, mm -hmm. if you are working with mice, with humans. So what we were doing was extracting the DNA, okay? Ah. And then doing the experiment. And then bioinformatically, you can see in the mRNA, the SNPs, most of them, and then like mm. these they multiplex or say, okay, these cells are belonging to individual A. And uh, why is a very good approach? Because you don't handle so much the cells. Really, for the single cell experiments, we should handle uh, the minimum <laughs> that we can, right? <laughs> for them to be okay, no stress. Yeah, that approach is really good. And, and to your point, yes, I mean, staining cells, washing pellet, resuspending that pellet, you know, that introduced a lot of a stress to the cells, yes. plus the number of cells now that you need, which is not 100,000 in our case. It will be much, much more because you expect cell loss when you wash. Ah, so, yes. I, I always say half of them yeah. will be lost. This is why it's yeah. also really important to optimize the sample preparation and everything. Totally. So, so now that you explained the workflow a little bit, there is something that if I wanted to start was missing, that is the panel of the target genes, right? Kind mm -hmm. of the primers that I will need to amplify the regions that I want to study. 
So mm-hmm. you have customized panels, but you have already mm-hmm. catalog mm-hmm. panels. Yes. Which are these ones that are already ready for, for people to start next week if they want? Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, the the panel is also one, you know, big part of our time as a support specialist, you know, when we talk to people, because obviously the magic is in the panel. I mean, again, the technology will encapsulate cells, (laughs) you know, you will get cells out, but it's really, you you can also be very creative with the panel design, for example, translocations and and things like that. But yeah, so on the catalog side, because we started in the field of leukemia and hematological malignancies, so we have an AML panel myeloid Mm -hmm. or myeloid evolution panel. And we also received permission for uh, some of our customers that published in Nature, Nature Communications, Mm -hmm. to share their own panels. So we have, for instance, Dr. Ross Levine clonal evolution panel on the website that is ready to use. And as you said, like next week, right? And all the Mm -hmm. content is public. People could cross-reference that with their own cohort or their own targeted um, panel information. And that is ready to use. And and something that also people do is they take these panels as a backbone and add or remove other targets as they see fit. So that on the HIM, then we also have in the solid, we have a breast cancer panel. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a glioblastoma panel and one which is like tumor hotspot panel. So mutations for oncogenes and LOH for uh, tumor suppressors. And if I want to design my own panel, how many Mm -hmm. genes do I have to pick up or do I have to choose? There is like a minimum amount of genes, a maximum. Yeah. I love this question. Um, so <laughs> it is, it is so because our panels are based on amplicons yes. and each amplicon is 300 base pairs. Okay. It is impossible for me to tell you how many genes you could cover because it depends on how big the gene is. I know for a fact, you know, and again, you know, back to, you know, knowing for many years, this for many years, like mTOR, for example, is such mm-hmm. a large gene that will, yes. will be 80 amplicons. Yeah, <laughs> and TP53, yeah, and TP53 will be nine amplicons. So then, what I would advise is we have um, a software called Tapestry Designer on our mm-hmm. website that people yeah, could go good. and use for free and just play around. You know, okay, so these are my genes of interest. It's as mm-hmm. easy as inputting gene comma TP53 comma TP53, and then it will design a panel for you covering all the coding regions of TP53. Okay. So that can be used for whole genes. That can be used for specific hotspots regions, inputting mm-hmm. the re-coordinate in HG19. And then you play around with a number of amplicons. So we can do between 20, mm-hmm. 20 and 1,000 amplicon, and each amplicon is 300 base pairs. So that's mm-hmm. the maximum sort of real mm-hmm. estate that you could cover of the genome. Mm-hmm. Now, you could use that to look at mitochondrial DNA plus Mm -hmm. genomic DNA. You could use it to look at translocations. You could use it to look at methylation, you know? So that's why the possibilities are endless. Uh, In terms of the number of genes, it depends what you want. You want hotspots, you want Mm -hmm. the whole coding region, you want non-coding regions. So it's better to think by by amplicon. um, And that the software will tell you, you know, will tell you like, this is too much. This is like 5,000 amplicons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You answer a lot of questions that I have with all this explanation. So there is one that is missing. It's the the price. It's the same if Mm -hmm. I tell you, okay, I just want 20 amplicons or 1,000. So it's the same price? I will pay the same or no? (laughs) Okay, good. Because sometimes it is. Sometimes people say, yeah, if you choose 10 genes or 100 genes, it's the same price because the work that we have is the same to producing Uh the product. So I'm asking just to to have an idea. So it will be different. Very good point. (laughs) <laughs> different price so that's a very good point because you know each um and and again we as a supporter specialist don't usually engage into price mm-hmm. conversation but something that i really like to tell people is you also need to take into account the price and the sequence in depth 
the price for yes. sequencing. Yeah. Each 100 amplicons, the price would be a bit higher. What is best, like to have a large panel to cover many, many different samples or perhaps mini panels that then are cheaper to sequence, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously the sequencing depth that you need per amplicon is proportional to the number of amplicons, no? Uh, but yeah, to your point, so the catalogs are the cheapest. Mm-hmm. They are already okay. made, are ready to use. And then the custom price will depend on the number of amplicons and goes in buckets of 100. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will highlight again that is really important uh, when people want to start their own experiment, a single cell experiment, to talk with uh, the companies in case they are using their technology for this, mm-hmm. for tell, okay, I have this, I want this, my goal is A, B, or C. And for you, as the support, in this case, Mission Bio support, will give all these inputs because, as you said, it's different if I want to see mitochondrial DNA or if I just mm-hmm. want to see P53, mTOR. So it's really good if we plan our experiments. This is key. I mean, I, and, uh, I know. You would be yeah, but... now people and now people know more. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I know. still come across people that lost or are starting. Mm. Like there are people doing their PhD thesis on single cell, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, this is something that mm-hmm. you know for us it didn't happen. No, more and more they get educated and they know yes. that these things have to be discussed upfront. But at the beginning, we had to fight so much to convince people, mm-hmm. you know, of the differences between single cell DNA and bulk NGS. Yes, because they they didn't see the value of really having the two mutations inside the same cell. It's like think mm-hmm. about resistance therapy. Think about why people relapse to therapy or why chemo is not working yes. you know, in our field that is highly translational. No, more and more that is happening. But to your point, mm-hmm. we talk to people and sometimes we change their mind or we get to the goal of the experiment together. Yes, you know, and I love I love that. I always say that it's it's completely different to work with samples for bulk experiments than for single cell. And there are very yeah. small things that we don't do in bulk experiments that mm-hmm. we need to do in single cell. For example, the Eppendorf's, low binding Eppendorf's always. And in bulk, you yes. get whatever Eppendorf and you use it. So these little things, yeah. You need to get informed. And and the, the way of preservation or FFPE, mm. I mean, FFPE is a challenge for single mm-hmm. cell technologies. And you could, you know, get information from, from bulk, no? I'm pretty sure that people will go to you and say, okay, please uh, give me advice. I want to do attack single cell RNA, mm-hmm. single cell DNA, and I have two milliliters of blood. <laughs> like, yes. well, I mean, the number... <laughs> You know, the number of cells that you have in there, you have to choose like what technology, because it would be yes. impossible to meet the criteria to do attack, RNA seq, mm-hmm. DNA seq, and, you know, something else. Yes, 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 it's true. It's true. So you mm-hmm. talked about sequencing. How many mm-hmm. reads you advise per sample or per cell, let's say? Yeah. So. Per cell, we advise 70x per amplicon. Mm-hmm. Per cell. So just to give you an idea for those, you know, for instance, using the MySeq, you could do mm-hmm. two samples of 50 amplicons, which was our first ever leukemia panel. So small panel, mm-hmm. but very targeted to a specific mutations that are relevant for mm-hmm. myeloid leukemia. And in a MySeq, which is, you know, rather low, is 50, yes. 30 million, 50 million, then you could do two samples. But yeah, in general, the math is 70x per amplicon per cell. And you expect okay. an average between five and 10,000 cells per sample if you start with 100,000. And besides the machine and the kit, do I need to buy something else, some other specific material to work with? Do you recommend something? Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, it's not very, let's say, fancy or complicated to get the additional mm-hmm. reagents. Uh, they are pretty standard, but we have a list of things that people need to buy up front. There is one thing that cannot be substituted for anything else, which <laughs> is a specific tubes, okay. <laughs> which are emulsion safe tubes, because we work, okay. uh, as, as we mentioned, uh, with emulsions. And these tubes are treated 
uh, with a component that will prevent the emulsions to stick to the plastic well. So that is something that cannot be changed. But yeah, but the rest is like, you know, Vortexers, PCR Mm -hmm. machines, ethanol, ampere beads. So I would argue that whatever lab that is currently doing library prep for NGS is pretty well equipped Mm -hmm. in terms of the additional components or reagents that you have that you have to have. And if I want to do only one experiment, of course, I don't want to mm-hmm. buy a machine. I don't want to buy a lot of things, right? That, um, uh, I don't know, a facility lab or a lab that is only uh, doing single cell experiments will buy. So what can yeah. I do? Do you have some yes. like reference labs that I can, can contact? Yeah, definitely. So, and and this is, uh, you know, something that we see in Europe, especially in Southern Europe, there is this culture of try before you buy, which I understand mm-hmm. completely. I mean, you want to do a pop study or you want to do a couple of samples to see if that works or, or you want to do a grant application and you need data to get the grant, right? Yes. So for this purpose, we we validated the Josep Carreras Institute mm-hmm. in Badalona yeah. as our center of excellence. Okay. So they are super experienced and, you know, they are, you know, great people. Mm-hmm. We have an awesome relationship with them. So for those who want to do one, two samples, the best mm-hmm. is to contact me or them. I mean, we will go be uh, together because all these questions about experimental goal would be with us together with yes. us. And then to do a couple of samples. You know, there is mm-hmm. no commitment because I understand, you know, as, as you were saying, the commitment of buying a machine or a assay for a couple of samples, yes. it's too large. When we met Dr. Holger Heinz at TNAC, um, mm-hmm. also have a machine, right? It's also a core facility. Yes. So there are options mm-hmm. that people could get, you know, could get ways to do a couple of samples easily. Yes, in Australia, there is also uh, some labs at Carvin, for example, that they have the machine and you can contact mm-hmm. them and, and then send the samples. If I have to send the samples, how should I send them? I should send mm-hmm. cell suspension, uh, do a pellet. Do you have recommendations on that? Yeah, very good question. So if it is the standard, like if the cells are in suspension, you could send PBMCs or bone marrow cryovials on dry ice. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would be no problem. If you want to do solid tissue experiments or for solid tumors, then we would need to see what is best for the user and what is best for the, because I mean, I I mentioned two labs in in Spain, but we also have other core facilities in the Nordics and in Germany. So it depends if it is like overseas uh, shipment. What is best if you want to do solid tumor? Do you send the tumor frozen Mm -hmm. and then the nuclear isolation happens there? Yeah. Or you isolate the nuclei and send the nuclei suspension. I am inclined for the first option. So yes. you send the tumor and then you agree with the core facility to not only do the tapestry, but also do the nuclear mm-hmm. isolation. So then, you know, once you have the suspension, you immediately encapsulate. I agree. Because yes. no, nobody's guaranteeing that you mm-hmm. you would try to preserve the nuclei suspension. And then when you thaw, you know, they explode sometimes, the nuclei, yes. right? So A lot of them will just explode and you will lose them. Yeah, I agree with you, the first option. The thing is that some facilities are a little bit uh, reluctant to do that because it's a risk, right? For the facility also, maybe the tissue is not in good conditions. And so, yeah, but again, it's a question of agreement between both parts. Yeah. And, uh, so the, the agreement and also, as, as we said, is not the same lysing uh, bone than breast than brain. Yes. So there is some optimization needed. So something mm-hmm. that I think is very important as well, from my point of view and my role is setting expectations. Mm-hmm. This Yes, this is key, right? Because I mean, um, as you said, some people might be afraid, some people working in a core facility might be afraid to get a breast tumor from you Mm -hmm. with no previous experience. Yes. And then having to do this for the first time. So we usually advise 
testing with low priority sample or perhaps mm-hmm. normal breast tissue or normal lymph node tissue. Mm-hmm. These times, so you could give a guidance to the person that is doing it. Sometimes one of the people of the lab will even travel on their mm-hmm. own. I mean, we yeah. also provide support, right? We provide support because our goal is to for people to be successful. Yes. But yes, I understand that there is a bit of pressure because it's not throwing a vial that everybody has yes. done. You know, it's- also facilities are a little bit like companies. They get millions of different samples. So what I always say is if the researchers in their lab can do the sample preparation, like can do until they extract, isolate the nuclei, like they find the good protocol for their samples after they can send it to the the facility. Mm -hmm. And like you said, giving support. That is the best. And, you know, this is very important that you said, because if you already have a protocol that works for your Mm -hmm. liver samples, use it. I mean... So besides the single cell DNA kit, what you have more? Maybe we'll start by the multiomics. So mm-hmm. besides DNA, target DNA or target genes, what can we see also? Because some people refer to multiomics and they are referring to see RNA protein, others, uh, other thing like DNA protein. So you never know when people say, I have a kit for multiomics. Yeah. It's like, okay, what do you, <laughs> what can you see? What omics? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I mean, and that's what yeah, so that's why we call it multiomics, but the kids, we call it DNA plus protein. So sort of like people Good. know that this is DNA plus protein. But yes, mm-hmm. so the multiomics uh, approach or our mission bio multiomics yes. approach is an immunophenotype and genotype detection uh, simultaneously at the same mm-hmm. cell. So the way I explain it is like you do flow cytometry and mm-hmm. bulk next generation sequencing, but in the same cell. That's mm-hmm. the output that you would that you would have. So obviously this was a breakthrough, I mean, and because you are now not only seeing the heterogeneity or the potential resistance or Mm -hmm. the changes on the genomic landscape, but you also see if cells are changing their immunophenotype. You know, we have great publication showing how uh, during the treatment of a leukemia, some cells, I mean, this is natural selection at the end of the day, and we know that cancer, unfortunately, is expert in not sort of escaping, you know, Mm -hmm. and Imagine that you're giving a therapy to a patient that is solely based on membrane marker or the other way around. You're giving a therapy to a patient that is solely based on somatic notation or on a specific mutation. When you have the immunophenotyping and the genotype together, you can see how sometimes the immunophenotype changes or the genotype changes, and that will be missed by only one target. No, I mean, if you are targeting mm-hmm. a membrane protein and the cell loses the membrane protein or the other way around, if the cell loses that mutation, it's like, wow, I mean... Having this, you know, now at, at the same time, at the single cell level is, is, is great. I think it's, um, you know, very interesting technology. Yeah, yeah. no, no, it is because um, I always say that the protein is what really validates your experiment because sometimes mm-hmm. we forget, especially the people that uh, like me working with single cell RNA a lot, mm-hmm. that we, we say, okay, ah, this RNA is being expressed. Yes, but it reached the stage of protein. Maybe it will not. Maybe mm-hmm. it will be degraded. Maybe. So, yeah, this is why yeah. protein is really important. And this approach seems very, very Crucial. So with this, we will need to add antibodies, right? right. It's like an extra step that we have to add to the workflow. These antibodies mm-hmm. are commercialized by Mission Bio, are commercialized by other companies. Can I buy, I don't know, in a different company or you have recommendations again? <laughs> We have a partnership, yes. So Mission Bio has a partnership with BioLegend. So BioLegend have a a cocktail that is already lyophilized, but is for a heme oncology. So if people are mm-hmm. interested, like in PBMC or bone marrow, heme oncology, like T-cells, you know, myeloid lineage, lymphoid lineage, 
that is already sort of lyophilized and easy because you put mm-hmm. cell buffer and then, you know, that's already titrated. But they also have a menu of 150 markers that you could choose from. So again, back to the question on qualifying the interest and talking to scientists to qualify your goals. Mm-hmm. There are pros and cons to this approach, because obviously, if you get the, the markers individually, you have to do the titration work yourself, but you will also need less sequencing depth for 10 markers than for 50 markers. So it's a little bit more work upstream, mm-hmm. but still yes. might be worth it, you know, and, and because 45 markers for a simple experiment may be an overkill, but it's also easy, you see? So, mm-hmm. um, yes. but then it is a bio-legend. Bio-legend will sell these markers and uh, obviously people will have our full support to choose these these mm-hmm. markers. And there is a maximum of antibodies that uh, I can check in an experiment? Very good question. We haven't tested the upper limit. I mean, I have seen samples <laughs> with 96 markers. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you the minimum is two. The minimum is two. Yes, um, yes. But uh, I mean, 96 markers is already a lot. So I couldn't tell you how yes. high you could go. <laughs> I will I will say that 100 is kind of the limit. I know that there are a lot of people yeah. doing with 200. Well, a lot. Not a lot of groups, but some groups publishing with 200 antibodies. And for me, that is a little bit risky because you are mm. putting too many antibodies there. And <laughs> are you really sure? So 100, I think it will be the maximum. But yeah, don't start with 100. Start with, uh, no, five. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. To see, especially if you did imagine that having to do the titration of 100 antibodies first right. to work out the concentration of each of them. I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah, but I will tell you a secret that some people, they don't do a titration. They just put one microliter each, no? Regardless, one yes. microliter of yes. each and then... And do you have something else about the multiomics kit that you would like to... Yeah, I mean, with the multiomics, again, just to, re- to reiterate, there are differences. For instance, we talked about viability before. With yes. multiomics, of course, as we are assessing ah, yeah. the membrane, uh, then we need 80% viability. Ideal. I mean... And cells, correct, because yes, because we get requests about nuclei multiomics, but they are not yet antibodies against the nuclear membrane with our technology, Mm -hmm. right? Because that will even allow nuclei hashing or or things like that. Right now, it's only membrane uh, Mm -hmm. markers. And then so viability should be high. Numbers um, should also be high because of the washes. But then in terms of the workflow, the workflow is is pretty much the same. I mean, an an Mm -hmm. extra primer here and there. And then what you do is you generate two libraries per sample instead okay. of one. So you will have your DNA library and your protein library, which is also DNA, but we call it protein library protein. because it comes from, from these tags. And then, um, yeah, so the readout is about five to 10,000 cells with immunophenotype and, and genotype. So, okay. so the protein, the antibodies, they have a tag and this tag will work as uh, like, um, let's say, a fake synthetic piece of DNA, yes. right? Yeah, yes. So the antibodies are conjugated to a specific tag and is a unique identifier. Mm-hmm. So then the antibody bound to the surface, then you digest it mm-hmm. and those tags will remain. So yeah. then you amplify the genomic DNA at the same mm-hmm. time as you amplify the tags with the same barcode, with the same cellular barcode. So then bioinformatically, uh, you get uh, yeah, these T cells. So usually in myeloid malignancies, no, you find the T cell population as the normal, the lymphocytes, and then the myeloid yeah, lineage no. with the mutations. That's that's the approach. You, uh, you convert sort of the expression signal into DNA, right? So the protein yes. signal into DNA. And, and it's not only qualitative, it's also mm-hmm. quantitative. So you know the amount of expression that your cell... Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. 
Mm-hmm. We did some validation against flow cytometry and you could differentiate between high expressor, mid expressor and low expressor. So it's not mm-hmm. like a presence absence, but you have a yeah. gradient of the membrane longer expression. And now, uh, so the next kit or the next application that you, you mentioned was the single cell DNA methylation. DNA methylation yes. is something that everyone was asking when it will be released, when it will be released, because uh, single cell DNA methylation approaches, there was no commercial kit before. It was very, very difficult to do because there was a lot of background noise. The DNA uh, normally mm-hmm. needed to be treated and it was degraded. Mm-hmm. So a lot of technical problems, let's say. And now you have the the solution or <laughs> one of the solutions, right? <laughs> Yes. So, so what this do you is, um, change in the workflow of the single cell DNA? <laughs> yeah. So this is, you know, it's been, uh, we are receiving great interest. So I have to say this is full credit to the authors of the method, hmm. because again, this method was developed by uh, uh, René Beckman and Lars Venten's mm-hmm. labs at CRG in, in Barcelona. So we are actually launching an app node this week with their okay. work and they published their work in genome biology. So we could, you know, link um, the documents if people are interested. Mm-hmm. Their approach is super clever. Um, yeah. So what they have done is they have not modified our protocol mm-hmm. as such. They have just introduced a very clever method. It's CPG based. So again, back to the how important it is to select your targets. Here you are selecting CPGs. And then mm-hmm. what they do is they select a specific CPG region. So the, each CPG would be an amplicon. And that amplicon would also have a sequence to be recognized by a restriction enzyme. So the, the logic is you have 700 amplicons. Uh, now, if my CPG is methylated, it would be protected from digestion. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if my CPG is unmethylated, it will not be protected from digestion. So then, mm-hmm. you know, what you, what you are left with is perhaps half of your panel, only 300 CPGs. But the 300 CPGs that are left are, have been protected from digestion, hence they have been methylated. So then what they plot is uh, the representation of heterogeneity, uh, different states of B cells maturation, where then you could see naive B cells, memory B cells, all based, based on this CPG approach. Yeah, yeah. I would like to interview them. So I will I will contact them also. It's very interesting. It's super, super interesting. Yeah. It's a very clever way, as you say. It's like it's very, very simple, clever. right? <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. no one thought That's about the it. Sort of thing. <laughs> they have disclosed um the tool to select the CPGs. They have published everything mm-hmm. on GitHub for the community to have, as well as the analysis scripts for, okay. for these uh, in GitHub. But something that you know, even in your position that you give advice to people wanting to do mm-hmm. single cell, something that I have learned from this methylation is you really need to know up front much, even much more than when you are looking for mutations. Ah, yes. Because <laughs> if you don't select right the CPGs and you digest everything, then you are left yeah. with no DNA, no? So there is a balance yeah. that you require. And, you know, in my position, I need to rely on the community because it is my mm-hmm. personal, it's not my area of expertise. So that's why I ask people mm-hmm. during these conversations, like, do you know which CPGs you're interested in? I yes. mean, there are obviously databases, right, that people could fetch these CPGs from, but it it requires um, high knowledge, let's say, mm-hmm. on their end. Yes. Yeah, I did my PhD epigenetics and chemoresistance. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is why I know that was so difficult because everyone uh, from the epigenetic, like my connections, they were asking me, when will they release something of single-cell DNA methylation? Because, of course, mm-hmm. what was available was single-cell ataxic. 
chromatin. Yes. But mm-hmm. for epigenetic people, chromatin is not really epigenetics. And it was being sold as, ah, oh, you can see epigenetics, single cell level. But mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you can see chromatin. <laughs> this is why I know that, uh, yeah, people were expecting it. So Yeah. So perhaps since you have so much mm-hmm. expertise, so what is your take on this uh, CPG approach? Because obviously there is also mm-hmm. this bisulfite sequencing, yes. but that is too harsh for single cell, right? So That was what was being used before. Uh, normally, modification of the DNA, you treat chemically. And as you said, if the cytosines are methylated, they are protected, okay? And not others. So the others will change. They will be read as means not cytosines, when you sequence. So you have the cytosines that you know that were methylated because they were not changed, and the timings. And then you go to the reference map, the genome reference map, and you see what were the cytosines that were methylated. The problem is that you are treating the DNA with a chemical compound, and it degrades a lot. And of course, you will have a lot of background data that will be sequenced that you don't want. So other approach is with enzymes, basically enzymes that they recognize the cytosines that are not methylated and they will digest. That is this approach. As any technology, as any protocol, there are some limitations because the enzymes don't cut all the unmethylated DNA. There will be mm-hmm. regions where there is a lot of um, cytosines that are very mm-hmm. dense, that maybe there will be cytosines that are not methylated, but the enzyme will not have enough time to mm, digest okay. there. So yeah, but this approach uh, that they present is really good comparing to all mm-hmm. the others that uh, are available. And mm-hmm. I think it's always like this. You start with the approach and then And naturally, this approach, I think it will be better and better. And maybe one day we are putting not one uh, enzyme, uh, putting three types. You know, it's always Mm -hmm. a time. I think that this approach is really good. Right now, for me, is the best to see the methylation at single Mm -hmm. cell level. Yeah. So, yeah. We we see, we see the interest. And and to your point, the same way as we started with 50 amplicons and DNA only, and we are now in 1,000 amplicons, these will develop too. And and we were also talking to to experts in the field who were saying these arrays, the methylation Mm -hmm. arrays, at first they were only 300 times. Yes. Right. And now it's like (laughs) 900,000. Yeah, there are the infinium arrays, no? Yes, um, I did. Definitely looking forward to yeah. the future in this, uh, because then, you know, you could combine the methylation with somatic notations as well. Yes. So that's another mm-hmm. multiomics, mm-hmm. right? So then, you know, uh, because they showed methylation and membrane markers to validate that indeed those mm-hmm. are B cells. So you need, you have yeah. the membrane, no? What is the next step? Next step yeah. is also adding somatic notations, right? So, you know, looking forward really to see what this group is developing and what other people will do. Yeah, when I see this type of webinars where people present new things, of course, there will be always the haters they focus on the limitations but in my case i'm not like that it's like okay this is great especially comparing what there is already and i'm sure that it will be even better in a couple of years what people forget and it's not in only single cell research in molecular biology all the techniques they have limitations all of them the basic pcr to the Western, to the full cytometry, it's like that. There is no, well, I don't know any protocol or technology that don't have limitations. Exactly. So this is why it's really important for us to plan, to know what we want, and to try to choose the best technology and the analysis, bioinformatic analysis. For people like me, that don't have a lot of knowledge about analysis, what support, what type of help you can give to those people. 
Yeah, this is very important because, again, back to the people having fears on starting a single cell mm-hmm. experiment, uh, you know, many of the times one of the fear is, oh, I'm going to get a lot of data and how do I analyze this data? Yes. No? So to your point, I mean, I have I have been supporting this for four years and I am not a bioinformatician myself, but what I have to say is first, we offer software for analysis that mm-hmm. is free of charge. So that's the first thing that, you know, is, is important to to highlight. People are not left alone. Uh, given that these are standard applications, okay, if you want to do, as we said, like plant biology, then yes, you will not have our tools, no? But we have ready-to-use tools for somatic mutation, co-occurrence, zygosity, heterogeneity. Mm-hmm. You could do these amazing fish plots that you see in publications with the different populations longitudinally. All of that is a GUI. It's a graphical user mm-hmm. interface that is called Tapestry Insight that you download on your laptop, and we provide training for it. So that's something that we didn't touch a little bit on, but we provide admission bio on-site training for the wet lab and bioinformatics training for the dry lab. So we have now um, in Europe in particular, we have our colleague Ivan, who is the field scientist, and will give you different sessions for the different software pieces. So Mm -hmm. Tapestry Insights is a GUI. You could use it to get your heterogeneity and your longitudinal analysis. Now, if you want to move on to the multiomics and the protein expression and copy number, we have a mosaic package. Mm-hmm. And there you need a little bit more of bioinformatics background. So we will do, give you the training and we'll give you all the scripts and the code. But I reckon from my mm-hmm. point of view that I am more naive in this field as a biologist, um, that you require a little bit more bioinformatics to sort of generate these plots and do the multiomics visualizations. But, you know, take on messages, you, would, you wouldn't be left alone, you know, mm-hmm. because we are there to, to help. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So about the support, you say that you also offer uh, training the wet lab. But Correct. This training only if it's a lab that will acquire the machine or for everyone. Mm-hmm. No. So, well, I mean, we do sell a training kit that is usually linked to the machine. But uh, if people are, for instance, using one of our core facilities, Often the case, you know, the core facility expert will train the other user just out of curiosity. No? But usually our training is linked to a training kit that comes with a machine. So these are new users. And we spend a couple of days with them to ensure that they are fully equipped to do the assay. And we are almost finishing. Okay. <laughs> anything, anything that you would like to mention? Well, well, first, thank you so much for this opportunity. <laughs> I think it was great to discuss this with you, you know, in the, yes. given the, the importance of this field. Mm-hmm. Um And and no, I mean, something that I would like to reiterate is to to really, if people are unsure of what to do, you know, please, they they can contact you, right, Katya, for advice. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can, because they might have, you know, they might need advice about any other technologies that we don't offer, no, but don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to ask. And and I see the difference, for instance, between an RNA experiment and a DNA experiment Mm -hmm. at the single cell level. Some people don't know what to ask. And obviously you do RNA because you don't need to ask much. You get the data and then is when you interpret the results. Mm -hmm. In our case is you need to know a little bit what you want to ask because the first point is the panel design. No? So don't be mm-hmm. afraid to ask. You know, we do events and, uh, you know, we will be sharing on LinkedIn, for instance, a seminar that I'm doing in, in Badalona. We are doing mm-hmm. now one in Paris also. If you can, and if you are around, come to these events and talk to us. No strings attached. I mean, we yes. are scientists, so we would love to discuss your projects, your goals and, and your interests. And who knows, perhaps, you know, um, single cell DNA is a solution that you might have not think about, but it, you know, is is there. And the same with Katia, you know, you can ask yes. her about everything. <laughs> she knows about <laughs> yes. all, the other, all the other technologies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And when I don't know, if I know that someone will use, I don't know, mission biotechnology, 
it's like, okay, I know where is my limit. Then I say, okay, mm-hmm. talk with Gemma, talk with this person. So always the yep. specialist because I know I have the overview of everything, but I don't know the details of each technology. It's impossible for me. So impossible, yeah, but at least yeah. I will tell you, oh, should you contact? And now that you mentioned seminars, uh, webinars in the mission bio, I will leave all the links in the podcast description. But mm-hmm. I saw your website and there is a lot of information, a lot of resources. So I I will tell here that people should go and have a look about uh, what is there because it's very simple, it's very understandable. And Mm -hmm. do you have something else? So the support section is Mm -hmm. great. I mean, that has many frequently asked questions, like questions that we went through here, nuclei, how many, viability, FFP, all of that. So I encourage people to check our LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and, you know, page. So they can, you know, have an idea of what we're doing. We also do a lot of webinars and seminars. So a lot of information there, you know, on our, on our page and LinkedIn. And uh, besides LinkedIn, I will also leave the link. Do you mm-hmm. have some other social media, Twitter? Yeah, we have Twitter as well. And in Europe, people can contact you, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> totally. For Europe, yeah. people can contact me and we have another two uh, great additions to the team. So we have Mateo mm-hmm. at FAS as well for Europe and Ivan, uh, field mm-hmm. bioinformatics scientist. You can all find us on LinkedIn. But again, mm-hmm. if you reach me, I will, you know, perhaps put you in contact with Ivan if your question is highly bioinformatics or you, know, you could even email or contact support on the website and it will reach the, the specific person for the country. Mm-hmm. Also, if you are not in Europe, you are, I don't know, in Australia, for example, yeah. <laughs> in the States, people can contact you because you will forward will send the it email. To the to a, right? <laughs> so contact Gemma, please. <laughs> now you will get a lot of emails. <laughs> I love emails and I love questions. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, and I think it's everything for today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have something else to say. No, so thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Now that Gemma is not listening, I can tell you that she is one of the best professionals that I have ever met in industry. She is the type of person who makes our life easier, who knows what she is talking about and whose goal is always to assist and to help us finding the best solution for our experiments, independently if we are doing single-cell DNA experiments or not. Of course, she's also amazing as a person. She's approachable, positive, optimistic, and honest. Well, 100% good vibes. With people like her, it is easier to make good single-cell science. Thanks for listening to the Single Cell World podcast. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. For more tips or advice, follow me in Instagram or Twitter at SingleCellWorld or simply subscribe our website or blog at www.thesinglecellworld.com. Well, I will wait for you next Monday with a new episode.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.